0: My name is Andrew Gamason, and I am privileged to welcome you to this edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. Today, I will be reviewing a movie that I had a chance to see over the weekend from Voice of the Martyrs Films called Sabina, and I really appreciate this story because it tells the story primarily of Sabina Werbrand, uh, who is the wife of Richard Werbrand. And they were the co-founders of The Voice of the Martyrs. And a few years ago they did Richard's story in a movie called Tortured for Christ. And so this is something of a prequel. And I've got to say that the director of this film uh, and the writer thereof, he is a very talented filmmaker. I really hope that he continues to make films because a lot of times... When it comes to reviewing Christian films, one of the things that we have to put up with is a certain level of chintz. And we often say, well, this film could have been better because... And I will tell you on the outset of this review uh, that it's very hard for me to come up with something that would make this film better. Because it was so well done and it was made like a period drama and it pointed us to Jesus, but there's nothing chintzy about it. I think it helps that it has such a powerful, true story behind it. And, you know, before we dig into that review, I'd just like to talk to you about what is going on. Well, as I said, we're going to talk about the life uh, and ministry of Sabina Wormbrand. uh, and also her husband, Richard. And as, as a lead-up to my review of this film, I wanted to share with you a clip from the director about the making of it and why it was so powerful.
1: I think Sabina is just flat-out one of the most important and influential women of the 20th century. Sabina Wormbrand exchanged injustice and resentment for a thriving life of forgiveness. John Gruder's upcoming film, Sabina, Tortured for Christ, The Nazi Years, is the prequel to his earlier movie about Richard Wormbrand, whom she marries. She was at Sorbonne University. She's studying physics. She is talented and smart. At the same time, what God does with her is bring about greatness through humility. She is a strong, strong woman in in her own right in many, many ways. And Richard is the beneficiary of her strength. What surprised you and what you learned? Well, you're not going to find a bigger story arc than the Sabina Oster that you'll meet in this movie Sabina to the Sabina Wormbrand. She started like all of us, selfish. (laughs) They're atheists. They're hedonists. In fact, Sabina is militantly opposed to Christianity in any form.
0: From a Jewish family in Romania, Sabina eventually joins Richard in discovering a faith that brought purpose to both of their imprisonments and their underground
1: ministry during communist occupation. What is it about her enduring circumstances that stands out the most? Richard comes to Christ first. He explores the gospel and he comes to the conclusion a universe with no creator just can't compare to the thought of a God who speaks and listens, but she's not ready for that. So Richard shares his journey with her, even to the point where he says, I'm going to be baptized today. A huge step for him. That same day, she takes a blade and contemplates suicide so that when he comes home, he'll find her lifeless body and that'll show her. And she says, then I had a thought. What if he's right? Sabina's parents, two sisters, brother and uncles, later become victims to Nazi concentration camps. What will resonate about her life? We would benefit from meeting anybody who was able to face the enemy with love. She even meets the specific executioner that murdered her entire family and got away with it. The heart of the gospel is forgiveness. Christ forgave me. He can forgive you. She chooses to fight back with love and forgiveness. She says, I I couldn't do these things. But Christ in me can do all things. There was victory in Christ through the suffering. We're living in a lot of uncertainty right now. It tends to bring a lot of honesty. Yeah. Are we short on that in our Western world? This isn't in the movie, but they prayed that God would give them a cross to bear, recognizing that if Christ says, if you share in my sufferings, you'll share when I rise. And man, did they get one.
0: I mean, it came and it came heavy. So, I was really blown away by this film. Uh, I think that it was very well made, and I just think that it will be a blessing to whoever watches it. I was originally made aware of this through my brother, Bartholomew, who said that there was a weekend where it was going to be available free to stream, and that's why we watched it this past Sunday. When I went to look to see if it was still available on Monday, it was. So I watched it again in preparation for my review. So I don't know if it will still be available when this podcast posts, but I would definitely recommend that you go to persecution.org and find uh, this film by John Gruders. If it's not available to stream, it will be available to purchase And it's definitely worth your time to watch this film. Before we get into the in-depth part of the review, I just wanted to share with you one other thing that encouraged me this week. We just passed the Winter Olympics, and we're currently in the Winter Paralympics. So that has me thinking about winter sports. And one really neat guy in the world of winter sports is Scott Hamilton. Scott Hamilton was an a figure skater who won a gold medal at the 1984 Olympics and he has been a commentator for Olympic skating for a long time. He's also battled a lot of personal challenges, but the most important thing about Scott is that he is a child of God. My
2: My medal lived in a brown paper bag in my underwear drawer for eight years until I could get rid of it. And I didn't know why it offended me so much. I had no idea. I had no idea why it offended me so much. I just, I saw so many athletes get stuck in that moment or in their Olympic identity that they could never do anything else. And that everything, everything paled in comparison. Right. But once I realized that I, I got rid of it, I gave it to the U.S. Figure Skating Hall of Fame and Museum. Well, I got rid of everything. Anything I ever won, they have. I realized that in that way, those things can, can become idols. And that identity, it takes over um, my real identity, which is being um, a child of God. So I don't. I I love the fact that I was able to do all that. I was really happy that it happened, and I've been able to um, leverage those things in order to be able to step into the next and to try to be obedient to God's plan for my life. But that doesn't define me. If I would have been off the podium, if I would have whatever all the media was saying back in Sarajevo, that second is a humiliating loss, (laughs) <laughs> really you know it 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 doesn't it doesn't matter because when when that event is done we we all step into the next no matter what that is and we hope to do it with um integrity and yeah. honesty and and with fortitude
0: we we need to remember what paul said when he said the things that are seen are temporal and the things that are not seen are eternal and so i really appreciated scott hamilton's perspective on that and i think it will lend Um, a good introduction and some good thoughts as we move forward in this review of this Sabina torture for Christ, the Nazi years. I want to start out today with our quote of the day, and I really feel like this was kind of the overall theme of the movie. You know, I often will will wait toward the end of the review to tell you what my lessons that I draw from the film are. And yes, there will be more as we move on through the review, but the quote of the day really sets this up nicely. So here is our quote of the day, and it's from our main character, Sabina, Worm Rand, and here's what she has to say. She says, The heart of the gospel is forgiveness. And I feel like this is one of those things that we know it in our heads, but we're not very good at applying it in our hearts. How often have we been thankful for the forgiveness that we've been given by God or by other people? But then when it turns around and we have to be the one to forgive, we have a hard time with it. And I really admire the fact that in this film, we see ultimate acts of forgiveness. We see uh, these people, uh, Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, taking the time to help Jews escape Nazis in World War II. And of course, they themselves or Jews, at least she was, I'm not sure ultimately if he was, Um, I think he was, but they were helping other Jews escape from the Nazis, and also, as time went on, they ended up having ministry to Nazis after the war, and even had ministry to the man who was responsible for killing the rest of Sabina's family, so I think this idea of Forgiveness takes on a whole new level when that happens. And, you know, it, it brings to light the truth of the scripture. Forgive others for God, because God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And Paul, the one that's writing that, he has a lot of reasons to hold grudges. He's been beaten. He's been tortured. He's been chased. He's been mocked. He's even been... Many people believe stoned to death, and God sent him back to finish his mission. And yet he's saying, forgive others. And I just feel like this is another story in the Worm Brands to show us how that works and how, what it really means to be forgiving. Because let's be honest, the things that we need to forgive others for are, by comparison, often quite petty. And so I think it just keeps things in perspective. I just want to make sure that I share with you the trailer for Sabina, Tortured for Christ.
1: I want the same things every girl wants. And then a
0: little bit more.
1: I want you to meet some more.
0: Oh.
1: Is every bit as ambitious as you? (laughs) Who's this?
0: She is my niece, Sabina Oster.
1: My mother is nagging me to get married. She's even picked out a girl. That sounds very nice for you.
0: What do you think?
1: I think my mother should ask me that question.
0: Your mother's gonna kill me.
1: can be looking
2: for you today.
1: I'm not hiding. Maybe you should. Uh, since he's uh, a vina von bald? We can get you to the border if we leave now. You know this is ridiculous. I'm collecting all the verses in the Bible that tell us not to be afraid. I think I might need to leave on all of them. If we stay... There. I'll follow the others into prison. It will be the end of our lives together.
0: Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life
1: for my sake shall find it. We believe this or we don't. I think we have to stay We have a
0: job to do. Uh, the film is actually very interesting in the fact that it starts at the beginning of their story. You have Sabina Wormbrand. Before she was Sabina Wormbrand, I believe her name was Sabrina Oster. And she was an atheist who only cared about material things and really wanted to be a success in her life. She was studying physics at the Sorbonne, she wanted ultimate success. someone asked if she wanted to be compared to Mary Carey and her answer was, I want Mary Carey to be uh, compared to me. So she had these grand ambitions for success and she meets Richard Wurmbrand and a lot of that changes because she falls in love with him. She says he has money, he can spend it on me and so that she decides to get married and she convinces her husband Richard to play the part of an Orthodox Jew and to please her parents by having an Orthodox Jewish wedding and so that's what they do and they say in the narration we didn't want children we just wanted pleasure and so they begin this life of pleasure and they don't have any thoughts toward God and they just want to live their lives then Richard contracts tuberculosis, and he has to go to a sanitarium, and I believe he was there for two years. Well, over the course of that time, he ends up meeting a Christian who said, I've been praying for a Jew uh, that I could give a Bible to and let them know that I'm praying for them. And so this man gives Richard a Bible and encourages him to seek Jesus and this really gets him thinking about the things of the Lord and over the course of time he ends up asking a lot of tough questions and resisting and then God reaches in and touches him in such a way as to he goes to church and then eventually um, in some ways out of no desire of his own stands up compelled to pray and seek God for forgiveness. So he comes to Christ, goes to his wife and she flips out because she still is an atheist. She doesn't want anything to do with the things of the Lord. And she gets really mad. As a matter of fact, when he says, I'm going to get baptized, he goes to church to do that. And that day she, takes a razor blade and contemplates slitting her wrists and then puts herself in a bathtub and contemplates drowning herself so that he will regret his decision. And he will see that God and his pursuit of God caused her to die because it was that devastating to her that he would pursue God. But at some point during that process, God again reaches in and she's like, what if he is right? What if I've been wrong and he is right about Jesus and I die in my sin? And she pulls herself out of the bathtub. You know, she gasps for breath because she's been under the water trying to drown herself. But God intervenes and then she says, help me understand. And it takes her a while. Uh, they go to another uh, fancy party and she realizes how senseless it is, how how little meaning it has, and then she herself surrenders to the Lord Jesus. And so now they go from this uh, life of serving themselves to the, this life of serving the Lord Jesus, and then the war erupts, and they realize that, People are being singled out as Jews. Their initial thought is maybe we should flee the country. And then Sabina says to Richard, you know, we have a calling and we are supposed to be willing to give up our lives for the sake of the gospel. And so this is what she decides to do. This is one of the most amazing, most confirming things about Christianity as a whole that so many atheists who hate God, hate the very idea of God, come to the Bible and they say there's nothing true about it and then God reaches down and shows that he is indeed true. We could do a whole series of podcasts just on the people who have been atheists and then came to the Lord, people like Lee Strobel, like uh, Josh McDowell, like C.S. Lewis, and even local people like uh, weatherman Craig James, people who said, the Bible is not true and I am going to refute it and open the Bible and the Holy Spirit took over and changed their whole perspective. And I think that to me is the most exciting thing about this story is I did not know before I watched this film that they came from atheist backgrounds. I thought maybe they came from some sort of Christian tradition and went from there. But to see that they came from people that didn't even believe there was a God um, and God saved them mightily and made them as they said, in the film Servants of the True and Living God. That's just really exciting to me, and I think that the acting is top notch. This film starred Reluca Botes as Sabina Wormbrand and Emil, Man- Emil Mandan Eck as Richard Wormbrand. These actors as this couple were amazing and according to my brother I have not looked back at the Tortured for Christ film to confirm this but according to my brother it was the same actors that were in the earlier film which focused on Richard and was a sequel actually to this one this one actually came comes previously before time and they would go through a lot more persecution as they sought to help other persecuted believers. But perhaps it was this time uh, dealing with the Nazis and protecting people from the Nazis that prepared them for their ultimate calling as being a voice for the martyrs. And to me, it's just exciting how God will build different things into our lives to prepare us For our ultimate task. You know Moses was given uh, 40 years in the house of Pharaoh. And then he was given 40 years on the back of the desert. And then when he was 80. His ultimate and most famous calling came to him. When he was called to lead the children of Israel in the wilderness. For 40 years. And so I just think it's very interesting. How God knows exactly what we need. To fulfill the calling that he has for us. And no calling is small. You know God gives you the calling that he has for you. Because you are the one that he made for that calling. This reminds me of the scripture Ephesians 2.10. Which says for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which he hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So this idea that everything that God has called us to do, he will equip us to do, and he has planned for us in advance. And you really see this in the, this story. Now, I know a lot of people uh, quibble about free will versus election, and as I've said on this podcast, I think that both coexist in a beautiful tapestry, but you can definitely see the divine providence of God in the story of Richard and Sabina. They had no desire for God on their own. Romans says that there is none righteous, there is none that seeks after God. And that is definitely true in the case of this couple. Yet God intervened. God sent a man to share the truth of the gospel with Richard while he was walking outside of his sanitarium and gave him a Bible. God allowed Sabina to go through these suicidal thoughts and to come to the edge of ending her life, but he stayed her hand from doing that and caused her to have the fortitude through his spirit to seek after God and to come to know him in a personal way. These are undeniable parts of their story, and I really like the way that that comes forth. And so I really hope that people will watch this film and and be convicted that that can be their story too, that God can use the circumstances of their lives to bring about his will and his way. To speak a little bit about One negative um, about this film, I know I said that it was very well done and it would be very hard to find something negative. There were a couple scenes that ran a little long and were a little slow. Um, There was one scene involving them going to a party early in the film, which I thought could have been shortened. And there were a couple other scenes that lagged a little bit. But other than that, it was pretty much spot on and I really appreciated the quality and the care that they took to tell this important story. I think uh, one of my favorite scenes in the whole film is when Richard gets information about where the soldier is that murdered his wife's family, and he goes and he ministers to him. This takes it to another level. They didn't just minister to Jews, but they also helped minister to Nazis and helped rescue them after the war. And to me, that is an amazing portrayal of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount about if you love those who love you, what reward have you But true love is loving your enemies, loving those who hate you. And it's just a really powerful scene uh, when she greets the man who killed her family with love and understanding. And she hugs him, and she kisses him, and she says, I'm going to get you something to eat. And it's just a really powerful thing when she says in the narration after that scene... I only ever kissed two men in my life, my husband and the one who killed my family. And that's where you get the quote, the heart of the gospel is forgiveness. That is the essence of the gospel. We we see this from Jesus when he's on the cross. One of the first things he says is, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Those standing beside the cross, I can only imagine that they must have leaned forward when he started crying out. And maybe they thought he would cry out in agony. Maybe they thought he would cry out and beg for relief. But instead, he's asking for forgiveness. And to me, that is extremely powerful. And I really appreciated that. The biggest lesson that I took away from this film, uh, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but... To elaborate on it a little bit more is just to know that the hand of God is active and alive in the lives of men. The only way that we come to know the Lord Jesus is through his intervention in our lives. And I think that when we go through the day-to-day of life, we think, well, well life is a series of decisions and a series of activities that we do, and that is nonetheless true. But sometimes when you're looking back through your life and you look at the decisions that you made and the decisions that you could have made, then you realize the hand of God. Perhaps that's why the writer of the Proverbs puts it this way. Man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, Richard and Sabina had this idea that they were only going to go for pleasure. They didn't even want children in the beginning and they came to know the Lord and and had a renewed purpose for living. And then it was then nine months after that, approximately that God gave them uh, a child. And so it's just interesting how perspective changes and how God is so good to make sure that we have the right perspective on life and I just hope that people watch this film and get a heart for God's heart, which is forgiving others, which is loving others. Um, and I, I think it's also a reminder that loving others and being forgiving is not always going to end pleasantly. I mean, we're, we're in this cultural war right now where people think that in order to love someone, you have to agree with them about what they are doing and fall in line with everything that they do in order to show them love. But the ultimate reality is if you're truly loving other people and you're telling them the truth, the truth isn't pleasant and it will sometimes get you thrown into prison or send you to death. And that's probably the most interesting thing about, this whole story is this idea that Richard and Sabina actually prayed for a cross to bear that came out in, in the director interview that I played earlier. Are we praying for a cross to bear? Are we willing to suffer persecution for the Lord Jesus? Now we, we do not have to worry about physical persecution at this point in America it could be coming. But are we willing to endure ridicule uh, because of our stands for the Lord Jesus? And do we understand that Jesus didn't get put on a cross for being loving in the way the world says? If Jesus was all about the warm fuzzies, he would not have been placed on a cross. But the reason he was placed on a cross is because he called out the religious leaders and said, you're hypocrites, your hearts are far from me, you don't know what it means to be righteous, and he also took away their popularity, and they cared more about their popularity than serving the Lord. And so I hope that this review has been a blessing to you, I hope that it gives you much to think about, and I really hope that you will watch this, Uh, with your older teens, I don't think there's a whole lot objectionable. There's no gore, but it does deal with very adult subjects as far as uh, the persecution goes and and the issues with World War II. But it just shows you how important it is to study our history Uh, because the Holocaust happened um, and Hitler was able to take control of so much of the world very quickly. And that kind of scenario could very well repeat itself if we don't learn from our history. And that's why the modern idea of sanitizing history and not talking about the tough subjects is so very dangerous. As I wrap up this review, I just want to say that I give this film a 5 out of 5 stars. Um, Like I said, it was very well done, very well written, very well directed, very well acted. Pretty much every facet of the film was done with purpose and care, and I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to have more people watch this film. Again, as of this recording... Um, It's available at persecution.org and I will make sure to have that link on my blog post for this episode because even after it goes off streaming, it will be available on DVD for a donation to the ministry and it will probably be available on another streaming platform at some time in the future. So I just encourage you um, to avail yourself of this great film five out of five stars, and also to use this story as a catalyst to ask yourself, how am I conducting my life? Am I willing to sacrifice for the Lord Jesus? Am I doing what he called me to do? You may not be called to do something as dramatic as rescue people from the Nazis, but whatever it is you're called to do, know that God will equip you for it. And, Also remember that God has an ultimate plan and he's not going to ask you to do the biggest task of your life before he prepares you for it. Let's look really quickly back at the life of Moses and the life of Joseph. These are two Old Testament saints who were put in a training round to face their ultimate calling. For Joseph, it meant Spending time in a pit, being sold into slavery by his brothers, being put into prison for being falsely accused, and then being elevated as the second in command to Pharaoh. But in each chapter that he was in, we read this phrase, the Lord was with him. In the case of Moses, we have a situation where he was supposed to be killed because he was a baby boy in Egypt, and the Pharaoh didn't want the Israelites to prosper so he said all the baby boys need to die and then Moses' mother hid him three months and when she couldn't hide him anymore she made an ark of bull rushes, put him on the Nile River and left him with his sister Miriam. Miriam sees the Pharaoh's daughter take Moses and says I can get him a nurse. The nurse happens to be Moses' mother so she has Anywhere from one to two years to even three or four years or longer from that time to wean him and also give him a spiritual foundation so that he would know that he was a Hebrew and know that he was one of God's chosen people, and then God used that to prepare him first to be on the desert for 40 years as a shepherd and then to be in the desert 40 years with the people of Israel, which I'm sure had parallels to being a shepherd because the people of Israel grumbled and said dumb things on the regular, and Moses really needed God's intervention to help him get through that situation. Obviously, he wasn't perfect. He didn't get to go to the promised land because he disobeyed God. But we see in him what God can do through an ordinary person who seeks to follow God. And my prayer is that when you watch this movie about Sabina and Richard Wormbrand, that you will see ordinary people that God used to achieve his purposes. Paul says that we are to pray for our fellow believers in chains. And it's on that basis that the voice of the martyrs was created, and it's so important for us to realize that there is so much persecution of the church worldwide today. My hope is that this review has encouraged you and that you will share it with the family and friends and that you will seek to watch this uplifting film. Uh, it's not a feel good movie, it's a dramatic movie with sometimes hard parts, but I hope that it makes us think about what's really important in life. Well, that's about all I have to share with you this week. For now, I will just say, have a great week and keep serving the best of masters.